Good evening. Welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Our purpose is to have fun talking about small business stuff. And along the way, we're going to give you knowledge and tools to succeed with your small business. Regardless of what you're doing, we can help. Whether you're established for, for, uh, for years or just starting out, we can talk about how questions that so many small business owners are stuck in. And we help you. We're the unstuckables. We help you get unstuck from that state of how. I'm here with my partner, Adam Sunhalter. My name, by the way, is Jack Mancini. And we are here this uh, evening, a Wednesday evening, 7.30. We changed our time to talk about the small business stuff. Adam and I have been together coaching small business owners for 15 years. And we've seen an awful lot during that period. Hello, Adam. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic, Mr. Jack Mancini. Mr. Unstuckable, huh? Like the, un- like, like the Untouchables. Something like right. that. That's right. Get a good theme music kind of going with that. The Unstuckables, the Unstuckers. Often you need help when you're stuck. I think about my cousin Vinny when he's stuck in the mud and he, he needs some help kind of getting, those, getting his car unstuck from the mud spinning around. <laughs> uh, you can step on the gas and you just dig further into those holes. And so, so yeah, we're here to kind of share a lot of those stories. We've been, we've been doing this show for, for quite some time now and Again, the purpose of the show is to share a lot of the stories that we have, not only from our own personal experience of having owned and operated 20 companies, but also the hundreds and hundreds that we've helped over the years, that just who have been coaching clients of ours, and the thousands more that we've helped, you know, whether it be through this show or, or online or just from folks that we had, we, we've had a chance to meet. We've, we've met so many small business owners, and we know every time we talk to them and help them out, you know, it could be just a good you know, word of encouragement or, or, or a quick idea about ways to kind of get through something. But often where things start with them is it starts with a how question. And so when we talk about people being stuck in that state of how, it isn't usually one how question they've been wrestling with for, for, for months or years, although it might be. There are daily, weekly, different how questions that come up. But how do I, how do, I do this? Because for the most part, for most owners of small companies, their background in business is what they've learned by running a company as opposed to studying it or working in, in corporate America or, or, or earning a degree in business. They've really, again, they, they've learned by doing, which is a great way to learn. Um, but, you know, you, there's often things you aren't exposed to. You, 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 know, you, you know what you know. And uh, the folks who, who were able to, to grow and do very well are the ones who appreciate that, that they know what they know and appreciate that, 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 that there's a lot that they don't know and that they don't have to learn every lesson by their own personal experience. They can learn from somebody else's experience. That's where we have our best success with folks. And for those of you listening to the podcast, I think that's how, you, how you'll, you'll, you'll learn as well. The fact that you're listening to the podcast or, or listening to this radio show tells, tells us that you're interested in getting better and, and realizing, hey, I, I don't have all the answers. Um, you know, we don't have all the, answers, all the answers either. We have quite a bit well, of experience. we got a lot of them, yeah. though. we got a lot of them. And we, 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 you know, we've seen a lot in our, in our respective and, and careers. Not, not understanding how to answer those how questions basically keeps you in a place where you, you get a little frustrated. You know, you can move on to buy a, a company, buy a competitor. You, you can put marketing plans in to get more sales. You can manage your people to get more effective in, in the year 2017. You can do a lot of things to run your business differently if you had the answers to these how questions. And you often turn to the wrong people not bad people, but the wrong people who can't really help you. They can't answer those how questions. Right. And that's a big part of what we do. We help you get unstuck from that state of how. And your world opens up quite often in ways you never imagine. 
So I haven't been through so much and worked with so many people. We have pretty much an endless list of those how questions, and we come back, and it's hard to even address one of the how questions of, you know, even during the course of this hour show. We can delve into it and share some stories and examples of it, but we always welcome you. You're always welcome to be part of the show. And there's numerous ways to get a hold of us. You can you can call if you're if you want to get us live in the studio. We're here again every every Wednesday from 7:30 to 8:30 p.m. Eastern, and the number in the studio is 440-946-9468, and you can get us an email at radio at maximumvp.com. You can tweet at us at at maximumvp. Or if you go to our website, MaximumVP.com forward slash how, H-O-W, nice little form pops up there. And so those are all ways for you to kind of get your how questions out to us. Or if you want to react to one of the how questions we discussed either you know on, on today's show or maybe maybe for a prior show, happy to kind of discuss that in more detail. Because every, you know, again, we're giving broad how questions here and some, some very great examples or stories of it. But your situation might be a little bit different than what we're sharing. And those nuances can make all the difference in terms of hel- helping you be successful and working your way through that how challenge. Sure. If you're trying to get somewhere and you've been trying to get there by gathering information on your own and talking to different people and you just can't get confident, that's where we come in tremendously. So we're here on Wednesday night, 7.30 to 8.30. That's live, unless we aren't live, which is rare. We're always here. Is that when we're dead? Wait. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> they can't get us then. Well, you have to, have to go to higher power to get us at that That's point. That's right. But for right now, we're live and planning to be live. So, um, so feel free to feel free to join us. So, our how question for today? What is our how question for today? You're on a roll here. Well, how do I? This is this is one I think will resonate to everyone who started a company, okay? Because they didn't start necessarily with this question in mind when they first started the company. Okay. How do I know it's time to sell my company? Oh, boy. How do I know it's time? And uh depends who we talk to. They may be so fed up up to here, up to their eyebrows or even above that they, you know, they can't take it anymore. And, uh, hey, if somebody would literally come and just take this thing away from me, that'd be fantastic. And, um, you know, given our backgrounds, uh, you know, both Jack and I have been involved in lots of deals. You know, you know, Jack has personally bought, fixed up, and sold five companies himself. I spent nearly a decade in Wall Street helping people buy and sell companies of all different shapes, sizes, and everything else. And we've helped dozens and dozens of uh, of, our, of our clients, you know, buy companies. And so, when it comes to a small company, um, again, most companies were not started with the idea of I want to create this company to grow it and then sell it. It was, hey, I want to start a company. Hey, I want to be a, a business owner, right? Or, is, or I got fired from my job, so I need to make a living. So it, usually it's, again, it's focused on the starting of and getting things kind of going, getting sales and getting people, you know, keeping, it, keeping it going. The thought of exiting, selling it. Rarely, the, rarely comes to mind. Yeah. Well, what, what would the, the drivers of that indecisiveness be? Health. If we were to rank them, what what brings it to what brings it to a head to sell your company? Health is a big deal. Health recognition that your your kids who you had hoped, and when you started this company twenty five years ago, uh, you were hoping that they would. Hey, I'm, how often have we have we heard Adam? 
you know, and this I'm in this business, and this business is for my kids. Right. Now the realization then comes after health that hey, kids don't want any part of this business anymore. <laughs> so now what am I going to do? You know, I'm getting older and I'm tired now. My whole rationale for running the business is is uh, getting lost. So that brings people to the table. What else brings people to the table? They just get tired of it. As I uh, say, just kind of fed up. It's just you know, you know again, the, the owners out there can can understand this. Um, there's a certain grind to it. There's a there's a there's a twenty four seven nature to running a company, and we've we've discussed numerous times in the show about trying to find that switch on the, uh, somewhere on the back of your mind or brain somewhere to kind of turn it off, and it just it never goes <laughs> off. And you know, we we know it because we get phone calls and texts and emails at all different times of the day and days of the week and where it might be from our clients who are owners of small companies that they're constantly thinking about it and they're pulling away from you know they're sneaking away for 20 minutes to go get, get an idea jotted down while their spouse isn't looking or the kid you know, or they're at the kids ball game in between stuff you, you find those little respites of time to kind of get things done with you know to try to keep everything in balance relatively speaking that way but it's it's constantly on your mind even if people go away Go away for a vacation or a trip. It's 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 there, and so that can that can wear you down at times. Where all of a sudden it's not fun anymore, and so I think that's when I say worn out. It's all of a sudden you wake up one day, hey, you know what? I'm not having fun anymore. And we've told folks numerous times, hey, if you're not having fun anymore, why go, why go, do this? Go get a freaking job. That's right. right? Well, there's no point in being if you're going to be miserable. There are people that, that have jobs that, that that are miserable. Go. Go get a job somewhere. It's easy to find. It's easy to get into situations where you're miserable. So you know, there's an abundance of those out there. Right. So don't worry about it. You know. So you want to have fun. Right. You know, we can lose money. I always like to say this. Right. You know, we can lose money doing anything. We could take at random two or three uh, uh, of our listeners out there start a company tomorrow and keep losing money. That's no big deal until we run out of it. Right. And, and uh, it's the the challenge is. Getting a company that's profitable where you're having fun, that's what you want all the time. Yeah, we can be we we, we can be miserable doing a lot of things too, right? We, 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 Jack, <laughs> I have never understood. There's a lot of folks that um, put on these different uh, what they call boot camps, right? With the idea of trying to help owners of companies kind of get better at whatever, right? And so you know, I wasn't personally in the military, but Jack was, and we've talked about this numerous times. I know a bunch of people who were as well. I said, look, if you ever been through the military and, and been through a boot camp. Believe me, they're not positive memories of boot camp, right? So, if I'm if I'm miserable now running the company, why on God's green earth would I want to go join a boot make myself camp? More right? miserable <laughs> to make myself more miserable, right? Somebody yell at me and kick my butt. Yeah, right. I don't think I'd like that to uh, get motivated to be positive. So yeah, so health health is one is certainly one big one where you start to recognize, hey, you know, even though you kind of know I'm not going to be here forever, all of a sudden some you know, kicks right between the eyes. Hey, guess what? You aren't going to be here forever, and you got to start kind of thinking about that exit. Or again, you just get fed up as you know, again tired. You're not having fun anymore. That's a, you know, that's, that's part of it as well. Um, you know, I think yeah, you know, I think to your point, you, you, you kind of touched this. I think it's a, maybe it's a little separate where you've got um, some kids who are involved in the business, and they're kind of wanting to maybe flap their wings a little bit. Okay, hey, you know, and you're kind of holding me back, mom, or holding me back, dad. You know, I, you know again, I've been here for. Eight years, twelve years, been on my, my whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of ready to kind of jump out of the nest. You know, kind of let, let me go. You know, and start to recognize maybe they don't quite need me anymore. And you know, as a parent, you've gone through that before, and they kind of grew up and got out of the house. Okay, so here's now another 
situation, no, but like that, right? But, but it's kind of different because they're kicking you out of the house to a certain extent, right? They come back in and they're kind of trying to maybe maybe kind of move you out. So the idea of trying to be able to to kind of go on and, and and perhaps perhaps sell it from that standpoint could could come up um, as well. Well, you know, if if we had touched on this earlier in another segment, but if the relationship with the spouses are are strong then you're going to have a situation where you can make this decision that it's time to wrap it up. We've had a very good success story with with uh, a couple, that in fact, very recent, where they decided that they wanted to get out, and the company was built up over years, and it, it was very successful, but the work they were putting into it, they didn't want to keep doing anymore. So they took a trip to Iceland, came back from that. Uh, we were helping them sell the company, and it was sold. And uh, we we basically uh, there they put their house up for sales. They want to move to where their kids are, and that's sold uh, within a week or so. So they're on a roll, and it's just pleasant to be around people like that because they're happy and yeah. and they're doing they're they're getting out of the business at a time that's right for them, and that's yeah. how it should be. So they're ready at that point for the next thing. They're they're ready for that that, that next part of life. They kind of knew what they wanted to do. That helps to accelerate too, knowing what you want to do. Um, all right, stay tuned. We come back from our break. We'll, we'll delve more into this in terms of how do I know it's time to sell my company. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches, and we can help you, small business owners, get unstuck from a state of how. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, <laughs> WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we're with Maximum Value Partners, MVP. We're business coaches. We coach owners of small companies defined as 1 to 25 employees. Get unstuck from a state of how. If you're a small business owner or thinking of starting one up, believe me, there's going to be an endless series of how questions. How do I get sales? How do I incorporate? How do I blah, blah, blah. It's endless. Well, that's what we're experts in. We've coached hundreds of people, answered thousands of how questions. We love doing it and we have fun doing it. So give us a call. I'm here with my partner, Adam Sunhalter. Did you just just say we're experts in the blah, blah, blah? That what I heard? No, I think the blah, blah, blah came first, but maybe I did. Yeah, okay. We are definitely experts in blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's good. We do that well. We're trying to coin different <laughs> phrases here, how to have people understand what it is that we do, and blah, blah, blah is pretty good. <laughs> All right, so our, our topic for, for so far today, for today's show is, in terms of our how question, is how do I know it's time to sell my company? which is what people don't usually start companies with the idea of doing. It's, but at some point it comes up, and we shared a couple of, of things that might kind of bring this to the forefront in, in, in the first segment. And just for a quick review, we talk about health being, being one that, that might bring this up. All of a sudden you're starting to realize you aren't going to be here forever, or maybe you can't quite do it the way you used to. You could put, can't put 18-hour days in anymore and not feel the, feel the effects of it. Maybe you can only put in 16-hour days or 12-hour days, but whatever it might be. Some health or just you know aging, natural aging issues that, 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 that kind of come, come up. up. That's right. So that's one of them. Second thing is if, if it's not fun anymore, 
You know, again, if you're if you're kind of miserable, we say, you know, if, you, if you're miserable, go get a job somewhere. You can't be miserable and be an owner. Oh, there's so many places that can make you miserable. So you have an endless choice of of, of places to go to to make yourself miserable. So if you aren't having, if if your business is one of them, you you can do something to either change to something else miserable, or have fun doing it with your business. Yeah, I know some people like that whole misery thing, but again, that's the, the idea isn't isn't here. Um, so that's number two. It's not fun anymore. Number three is if the the, the, the kids or that next generation is kind of ready to take over, they kind of want to start to flap their wings a little bit. Say, hey, you know, I, you know, I'm kind of ready to. They're almost kind of nudging. You know, well, you took. You know, you kind of help nudge them out of the nest of home. You know, back in the day, now they're in the company. They're ready to kind of nudge, nudge you out of the nest of the business. Okay, I'm ready to kind of flap my wings and kind of make things start to happen here. And then you mentioned on the, the before break was the idea that the you know the the, the current owner is kind of ready for the next thing. Kind of knows. What's next? And Jack gave a, gave a, gave a quick, quick, quick example that I have a, a recent client of ours. We help them sell their company, um, where they kind of know what's what's next. And from from them, from the standpoint, is it's really more time with the grandkids uh, who are out of town. They want to kind of move from that standpoint. So they kind of knew, and that was a very big motivator um, over time to get them ready to kind of commit to being able to sell. Um, one we didn't touch on, I want to just kind of bring up here real quick, Jack. We can get, we can get, get into some stories um, that might trigger this. And that is partner disputes. Partner okay. disputes. So, yes. You know, okay. You got partners, and and uh, we often talk about this, where you got partners usually on day one, are in lockstep for whatever reason. Hey, that's I can see the opportunity with a company over here. I, you know, uh, you know they, 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 there's opportunities that, that that they see, but they're in lockstep together. And then as the the days and months and years go by, they keep going on the same path, and they start to diverge at times. You know, and often life might get in the way. So what they want or need might get in the way, or or, or just you know, they, again, also they wake up one day and they're they're, they're so far apart, they can't figure out how they got there, which is true of almost any relationship. But it's also true of you know, partners in, in the business. And so, if you have some disputes with that, 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 that kind of go on, or okay, all of a sudden they they realize, hey, we don't want to be tied together anymore. Let's kind of get out of this relationship. That will often um, be one thing that that will kind of push for a potential sale as well. And we have one of those situations. In fact, one of the first clients we had. That's kind of what what it was. Um, couple partners that have been together for well over 10 years. Maybe it was 12 years, and they'd grown from nothing, from their garage, to about 20 employees. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they had been related, but those, you know. Those were tough times that uh, don't bode well for family businesses. Right. And, and they're a good good classic example of that. But so, it turned out very well for, for one of them, for sure. Right. Yeah. So yeah, they, these two had been together for a while, and they kind of got to know each other through in-law relationships, and and those are kind of broken down, and then their part kind of broke down too, and so they kind of wanted out, and uh, you know they they were equal partners, which created issues because they you know if they disagreed they would just they wouldn't have knock down drag out fights about stuff they would just ignore each other, I mean literally kind of walk by each other in the hallways you know kind of stuff literally and, yeah don't even you know, how crazy is right. that so the the tension became palpable for their team. Just say, you know, you know, what's what's happening here? And they started to kind of question what was going on. They said, hey, why don't we just kind of sell the place? And you know, what's often true with, with many service-based companies is often the owners are key people in delivering that service, which was the case here as well. And so they couldn't quite sell right away because it would have been, going back to our being miserable part, Jack, they would have been, okay, well, you know, you, you guys can't go anywhere. You can sell to somebody else and work for somebody else, but you can't go anywhere for a couple of years. So you got to help transition. That's stuff. right. That's right. So Unless you you get the plan down, and and you have to get together for that. Right. That's right. 
So that idea of, well, if it's just the two of us being miserable together, that's better than the two of us being miserable together plus having to work for somebody else, right? <laughs> so they decided that they'd stick with that for, for a few years to try to get things um, right in terms of getting um, their key employees more involved with what was going on to help take the burden off their shoulders. And over the course of, a, of several years, they were, they were able to do that. And actually, the one partner wanted to buy the other partner out of, of the company. Um, and that worked out real well. Yeah, it uh, worked out real well. And eventually sold it, but it was about ten years after they, they, they initially talked to us. They, 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 the, the, the remaining partner was able to then sell this to a, a pretty good sized competitor and was able to walk away because he had done, they, they done a good job of building the business up to where they weren't the key the key part of it. But what started all that was that partner, you know, dispute kind of going on, which made it. Not fun, right? Again, so you know, when I say not fun, I guess it could be a lot of reasons as far as why, sure, why yeah. things aren't fun anymore, you know. Um, so that was a big, that was a big part for them for why they wanted to go look to sell the company, and it's a big deal. You know, the the, 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 the touching on the kind of the, the, the idea of kind of being being ready for what's next. Um, you know, we have a client we, we helped out where um, the, 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 the this client had worked for a company for a number of years. And the current owner had gotten to the point where he'd run the business for probably three decades and, and, wanted, and had gotten married relatively recently and wanted to spend some time with his spouse and traveling and doing that, you know, that, that kind of stuff. So was ready to kind of move on to the next thing of kind of traveling around a bit and doing, doing whatever else. And so wasn't ready to kind of you know, divorce himself from the business totally. You know, wanted to still maintain and kind of be involved and was at the point where he was able to, able to play the bank. Okay, which means that you know th- there was no outside debt, so he, you know th- this current owner owned everything free and clear, so he was able to play the bank for the for the person buying the company, and so he was ready to kind of kind of be on his way, but also again stay in a a key senior role, a kind of advisory role to help this this new this new owner, even though the new owner uh, had been there for almost two decades himself and um, was really running a lot of the day to day stuff um, already. Um, and that became pretty apparent a couple of years in after this deal kind of happened to where uh, the former owner was enjoying time with the spouse and traveling around and doing doing a bunch of things. <clears throat> and really at that point was not adding any value to the company in terms of you know, day-to-day operations and in terms of doing certain duties and that. And it started to kind of wear a little bit thin for that, that new <laughs> owner, right? And uh, so... It brings up a good point that when you're when you're kind of ready to kind of take off, people often will say, you know, even if they don't work for the company, if they go to, if they're going up from the outside to buy a company, they'll often tell us, "Hey, I'd like to keep the the current owner on or you know, involved in you know in a consulting basis or be there for a year or two. And oh, they say and, that, but that yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's very untrue. Right. You know, if you if you get a month, that's a lot. Yeah, this is a great example of it where it can kind of wear, well, it can wear thin because you again you want to you want to kind of flap your own wings so to speak, but also you want to kind of put your stamp on things. And often people don't realize again they'll keep you keep using that that nest thing today, but until you get pushed out of that nest, you often don't realize how good you are, and and realize right. hey you're doing a lot of stuff already, and and you're well, that's, that's that's particular to uh, job people too, who have some pretty good experience. They they uh, they're frustrated. They're miserable with their corporate job, and they they've been dancing with the idea of getting out on their own and either buying a company or starting something up, and they don't pull that trigger. They remain basically tied to that job. We can understand that, 
but basically they don't realize how good they are, to your point, until they sort of jump into the pool. And it's not as daunting once you get there if you're any good. That's very true. So, yeah, so if, if somebody's ready to kind of take off, it's good that they can help out and, and be there, but trust us when we say you're going to want them kind of out of the way quickly sooner versus later, especially if you've been there for a little while and you, you've had some experience. You don't need it as much because your your gut's pretty educated. Your experience is, is pretty good, and that was the case for this as well. But, again, the, 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 the impetus for that was, again, you know, this owner was kind of knew what, what he wanted to do next. He was kind of ready to kind of – because um, he'd been grinding it out for a while. He was ready to kind of step back and kind of enjoy some of those fruits of his labor and had somebody he felt pretty good about being able to turn things over to. So a couple examples there. We'll come back after break and share some more in terms of, you know, how do you know it's time to sell your company? So stay tuned for that. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We can help you, owners of small businesses, get unstuck from a state of how. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. It is fine, the sun shines most of the time. Welcome back. Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. We're with Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches, and we help owners of small companies or those who are just starting up get unstuck from a state of how. You have endless how questions. We've answered thousands of them through our 15 years of doing this stuff together. What do you think, Adam? We do. We do. And uh, we're addressing one I think it's pretty near and dear to many owners' hearts, especially for those who've been who've owned their company for probably a couple decades at this point, where it's something that may be kind of coming into your mind of, how do I know? How do I know it's time, Jack? How do I know it's time to kind of to sell? Um, how do I know that I'm ready to kind of sell? And so um, we've shared a couple different uh, examples already in, in the prior segment in terms of, you know, whether it be partner disputes that, that, that kind of happen to kind of cause this to happen, or uh, that the current owner has a good idea for what they want to do next. And that will often help push for them to say it's a good motivator if here's what's next. Because I remember an old naval officer once told me stories about about guys he was a, you know he, he was at war with and they were they were uh, gunners on a on a navy ship. And so they went in at 18 and enlisted and the way the navy works and like I'm guessing most armed forces do you put 20 years in and then you can retire. Mm-hmm. So you know, these there's three three guys. They all put their 20 years in, and at the ripe old age of 38 years old, they all retired. And um, but none of them retired anything. They they just retired, right? And he said, "What do you know?" He said, "Within the matter of a year, with the matter of a year, all three were were dead." No kidding, boy. He said I've they heard just, stories like that. I don't yeah. remember this story. He said they just they they retired to nothing. They they you know they're they're young, vibrant, good health, you know guys. But they were just kind of checked, you know, checked out. They were done. Sit on the rocking chair, hanging out on the porch, and said, "Of hey, I'm 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 gonna retire from the Navy," because you know what happened was he said, you know, often the skills that they had as a gunner, not there too many skills uh, well, for that. I don't know. In, in, in the, today's well, world, maybe today, today may be different. Be but back then, you know, firing a gun off a Navy ship, there aren't too many <laughs> things you can do. <laughs> I guess unless you want to go into the assassin world or something like that, probably at that point, right? There wasn't, you know, the, no, the transferable just drive around skills. the neighborhood. That's all you got to do today. Right. So, um, so yeah, so you know, that's I think that's key. 
And it's key for you know for 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 many folks. There are all kinds of stories about that. I think I think you mentioned a lot of stories. Yeah, and uh, the the coincidence is high, unusual. I mean, it's just why does that happen? Yeah, it's it's a big driver. There's there's it's often the case too. I think many of many of our folks listening can relate to this too, where you see spouses. Maybe they're married for 30, 40, 50 years, and if one passes, usually within a year, the second one will often pass as well. They often just kind of lose their, their, their will to live. That's kind of what they know. They've been, they've been together kind of so long doing it. And it's a great analogy for business. You know, you're, you know you, you're, your business becomes kind of your, your spouse. It becomes the other that, that well, How that, many times that, have that we mistress, seen that? Right? Yeah. Or that yeah. it, becomes, it becomes the other kid because you birthed it. But it's, people spend a lot of time with it. And so... That fear, whether it's stated or not, is usually somewhere somewhere in their brains of their they're thinking, well, gee, what am I, what am I going to do? That's a big, big thing keeping people there, and unfortunately, kind of getting in their own way or creating. Well, they realize problems. for the first time in their life that you know they they have to do something else, find something else to do, and that's not easy. Retiring is not easy. We've had some experience with that, Jack. I know I have. You're not very good at it. So what did you do when you tried to retire a couple of times? I ended up uh, doing things that I didn't like and I wasn't good at. So I got back into doing stuff like this. <laughs> and I think I was fortunate enough to get into something pretty good with a good partner. So that's so how I've been doing this for 15 years. I'm really 96, but nobody <laughs> knows that. <laughs> well, I think to your point, I mean, what happens is I think part of the allure of people getting into business for themselves is, you know, we touched on this, you start to have fun with it. And when you're, when you're, you're, you enjoy what you do, you know, people talk about, you know, being a, you know, being a vocation of what you do. If you love what you're doing, it's, it's really not work. You're putting a lot of time and effort into it, but it's not work from the standpoint of, of, of a, you know, I've got to do it or kind of going to police my area as, as, as say in the military they're creating work for you to do right and it's just it's miserable but you got to do it because you're working whereas this you kind of see the bigger picture and it's a lot of fun and you enjoy it and you know again coming back to you know to, to some of the things we were discussing earlier here people don't realize how good they are and if they just step out of that day-to-day what they've been doing to kind of look at some other things opportunities will present themselves they, they you know they don't need to be but afraid they, they, of stepping out you're of you're right they have to they have to step out and they have to make a a forced few steps right. to, to get into a world that's totally different than their last 40 years, of, if that's what we're talking about. Right. Yeah, very important to do that. What so, about Romeos? <laughs> that's right. All right, so... How many people know what Romeos are? Well, they all know what they are, but they not know what they're called, right? You walk they've... into a McDonald's at 9 in the morning, and you, you see a bunch of old men, older men, elderly men, kind of uh, having coffee and looking miserable at each other. Those are Romeos, retired old men eating out. <laughs> they, may not, they may always be miserable looking because what usually what happens is they're usually, you know, debating back and forth. I call it debate. They're yelling back and forth each other with none of them listening to each other. Well, right? they can't hear. That's, right. that's one case. But none of them smile, though. There, there's, you know, all the joke. No one has new jokes because nobody's doing anything right. different. Yeah, all the, all the old glory days. I'm thinking of Bruce Springsteen glory days, right? Okay, this is they're all living in the past of what happened. Yeah, I've heard. I heard that story seventeen times, Jack. I, I, I can tell it for you as it is. Let's get some new, <laughs> some new things kind of going on here, and so that, you know, people will see that and it becomes kind of depressing. You, know, you mentioned when you were during one of your retirements when you were playing a bunch of golf and you saw guys sitting in the corner at eleven o'clock, you know, you know, drinking, playing cards, thinking, "Well, I don't want to be there, right?" I mean, so okay, so at least I know what I'm doing now is better than that. Or okay, so you, so, be, so you can rule. Yeah, yeah, you can rule out things you don't, don't want, but you got to take action on right. it. You know. 
<laughs> or else you succumb to it. Right. Try to figure out what you want to kind of do next. And so we've had a lot of situations like that. And again, it, it, it's important. And that's a big importance to drive that current generation to kind of move on to the next thing and gives confidence to the, to the to that next generation. Hey, this is going to happen. We have a case that you know we have a case for that you know a couple of those going on right now. But you know, one in particular we're thinking about where all of a sudden once we started this process, um, you know the, the current owners were on vacation and all of a sudden an idea for a nonprofit came out of that vacation because they saw needs for what was kind of going on there. But they'd been at different places. You know they traveled you know before and. This idea didn't come up then; it came up now because all of a sudden they're starting to think about it at the top of their mind. Think, okay, what are we gonna do next? How do we take the skills and talents that we've got and be able to put it somewhere else? And so, a nonprofit—I know it's something that, that, that you bring up with almost every one of our clients, Jack, in terms of the idea, because you have experience of, of starting one. Right. Of hey, what about what, what about a nonprofit? And the it's skills- so often overlooked, but yet as it's it's an absolute perfect, uh, perfect objective, perfect you know, segue to to doing something else after retirement or during retirement because it isn't retirement. You know, if you love animals, there's so many ways to, to create a nonprofit to further the cause of animals, regardless of what they might be. Right. But any idea you have, if you like to teach, if you're, you know, uh, you, know you, you have a particular cause that you want to advance, why in the world wouldn't you take your skills, if you have administrative skills especially, and put together a nonprofit and and run with that? Very fulfilling, very satisfying. Hmm. And you don't have to retire to do that. You can do that anytime. Right. And get, you can kind of get it started. Part of the beauty of some of these things are the idea is you can kind of start it while you're starting to exit the, the current business. That's so, right. You know, and that's what we always aim for with our clients. We help them through that transition of, you know, again, we, we aren't the experts in terms of forming a uh, the right kind of you know trust or, or or the right tax plan or the right investment plan for that. We, we, we focus on, on the day-to-day transition of management. Right. And so the idea being that you know, once that current owner leaves, it should be almost a non-event from the day-to-day standpoint, from the business standpoint, because that next generation is already there, kind of you know kind of running things. Well, the same thing should be true then for the owner who's leaving, because they, they're, they're going right into that next thing. It's it's there for them. It isn't like okay now they're done and. Uh, you, know, you know, they 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 show up to work the next day because or that or that following week because that, that's what they're they're used to doing. No, they're on to that to that next thing, and so it it's key to kind of try to delve in this a little bit. And so yeah, if you have some very good administrative skills that are needed for any organization, especially for a nonprofit, if you have good sales skills, a big part of big part of nonprofits are going to, to sell to, to to raise money. Okay, that's that, that's selling right. And that's that's your version of sales. You're trying to try to bring and, in. And bring you know, in Adam, people don't people don't think about nonprofits and you know you can make money on a nonprofit a nonprofit is is called that for reasons unknown you know it's really an IRS classification and and uh, they have to make profits like any other business and they have to run like a, any other business and uh, the, the the changes are you got a little bit of different reporting at the end of the year uh, but you have to go out and raise money and that can be you know, uh, align with sales, if you will, although technically you can't get sales. It gets a little complicated, so most people don't even visit it. But it isn't complicated, and it's it's a great way to go. And more people should take their, their ideas and causes, especially if they, they're at a point financially, you know, having retired and sold their business, where, okay, I can jump into this full force, That's you right. know? 
And if you're doing it right, I mean, you can be the first donor to that to that nonprofit in terms of putting some of your funds there. And it's that's right. For those of you who maybe thought that they thought, gee, you know, if I only knew then what I know now, you know, I would have started something doing this, whatever that you know this might be, because it's something that you're very passionate about. And you know, you can think of you know, to, to your point, Jack. You can think of almost any. You know, whether it be, you mentioned animals. I'm thinking, okay, well, you can do it for almost anything. Anything you have an interest in. Anything. If you have an interest in cars, you can find a way to also, hey, I, I can do something that's, that's related to cars that's, that can become a nonprofit because I'm very passionate about it. And one of my frustrations over the years has always been when it comes to, to volunteer work or nonprofits is, unfortunately, most folks tend to, I'm not sure why, but they tend to almost lobotomize themselves when they step out of the business world to go into the nonprofit world. And all things that they know that make organizations run well, they seem to forget about or consciously choose to do otherwise in the nonprofit world, which I, I've never quite understood. Those skills, to your point, Jack, are tremendously transferable and are needed in the nonprofit world. Sure, rather and, than have a bunch of volunteers dragging their knuckles on, you know, on the ground and having to, to uh, play poor pockets and humility, you know, get, get some spirited people in there who love whatever the cause is going to be, and by God, they're going to get out front, and they're going to make this thing happen. That's, that's what a good entrepreneur is going to do. He or she is going to find the way to make this particular organization successful. And nonprofits, you know, you can do that while being paid. I mean, that's what's so nice. And you don't have to be paid, uh, you know, ridiculous low amounts. You can you can prosper. That can be if that's an issue. Usually it isn't though. Right. People who started it, they aren't going in there for the financial gain. They're going in there for the cause that they believe in. Well, p- people, I think your point. They, they they misconstrue what what nonprofits are. You know, one of the things even here locally, like the Cleveland Clinic, it's a Cleveland Clinic Foundation, right? That's it's, right. It's a nonprofit. There are lots of people being paid pretty well as part of the Cleveland Clinic, but they're doing good things. And that was started about 100 years ago by, by a few docs kind of okay, with the idea of doing something very good, and it's exploded in, the, in their first century of being around. There are a lot of stories like that, and that's, again, you know, um, you know, the, the idea of trying to retire in their 60s or 70s, okay, well, it's, it's not as old as it used to be. You know, again, you know, the, the, the kind of labor that the people are doing these days, the kind of work people have, aren't, you know, what, some of our predecessors might have had where it was more physically taxing, where you do start to kind of break down as much. Nowadays, people in their 60s, 70s, 80s even, again, they're still very vibrant, very active, and can do a lot, do a lot of stuff. You know, Doc, you know, uh, Doc Warburton was a great example of that when he started the uh, the North Canton Medical uh, That's right. Clinic, right? At age 63. Yeah, somewhere Something like right. that. So there's a lot of things you can kind of do, and so if you have that kind of a passion that you've kind of had in the back of your mind, and this is a way to maybe start to explore, hey, about maybe a nonprofit, perhaps, to kind of check that out, maybe do, do something great, like great that. Great, great way to do that. Great way. So keep that in mind. Again, if you're a potential seller here, about, and that's one of your gating items, think about a way to kind of start to kind of do that. So uh, stick around. We come back for our final segment here. We'll kind of delve into a couple other stories as well as far as knowing how do you know it's time to sell your company. Uh, I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we're business coaches with Maximum Value Partners, MVP. We can help you get unstuck from that state of how. We've done it with thousands of people, well, hundreds of people, thousands of how questions. We can help you too. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com.
Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. We're business coaches with Maximum Value Partners. And we help owners of small companies defined as 1 to 25 get unstuck from a state of how. How is correct. And we focus all of our shows here on the how questions. And you can be part of our show. Always welcome to be part of the show. We're here live in the studios uh, Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern from 7.30 to 8.30. The number here in the studio to get us is 440-946-9468. You can also email us, radio at MaximumVP.com. Tweet at us at, at MaximumVP or go to our website, MaximumVP.com. That's M-A-X-I-M-U-M-V-P.com and forward slash how, H-O-W. Nice little form goes up there that can fill in your how question to kind of get your how question out there. Or if you have a response to one of the how questions we've been discussing, we typically have at least one, if not more, that we will have as, as part of each of our shows. And uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on it, your stories. You have stories to share as well. Uh, you know, don't be bashful. We always welcome you to be part of the show. Um, our, our focus on uh, of today's show has really been how how do I know it's time to sell my company? And we've been talking about different reasons why that might come up because people usually don't start a company with that in mind. And you know, often what can bring it to to a head is either health issues, uh, not being funny anymore, Speaking kind of running of the company. Health issues. All right, so Jack, don't, don't mind that hacking in the background. He's all right. Um, so health, not being fun anymore. The kids being ready to kind of flap their wings. Uh, the the current owner kind of being ready for the next thing and knowing what the next thing is. And then you may have partner disputes. So those are just a handful of examples of what might kind of cause some of these discussions or thoughts to start to kind of percolate and. Uh, we shared a great example of this in the, in the prior segment here in terms of kind of knowing what's what's next. And shared the idea of trying to think about a nonprofit, something that you're very passionate about. But I want to share a story here uh, in terms of where it might not be fun anymore. And you know what's not much fun, Jack? A lot of things, but I know you got one that's going to be right on mark. What is it? Losing money. Oh, yeah. That's not fun at all. No matter what, no not matter a, what state you're in, right. not not 50, <laughs> 50 states, no matter what state financial condition you're in. So I'm not talking about, you know, hey, I've lost my wallet kind of around the house type thing or I lost 20 bucks somewhere. I'm talking about losing money as a, as a company. We're not making profits anymore, and, and cash flow is very, very tight. And you know, you're having trouble collecting money from, from folks who, who, are, who are customers of yours or um, you're getting all kinds of, uh, of late, payment calls from your vendors and, and folks you owe money to and it can just it can wear on you it can wear on you to where it's just not fun at all and you can just you, know, you, you want to just kind of walk away you know, the, the old commercial calgon take me away <clears throat> you know it's not fun anymore and so you know we had a client that was like that for years we were kind of coaching them for a while and uh they were having trouble trying to make some money they you know, they, you know, they you kind of kind of move you know you know, one step forward and kind of two steps to go back. They, they kind of make some progress, and all of a sudden a piece of equipment would, would, would kind of go down or break. And it becomes not so much fun anymore. And uh, I had a guy who was doing some acquisitions for a company. They were in the HVAC business. And I remember well this guy down in Cincinnati. He had uh, three or four employees and very skilled himself. But he had started his – he went off on his own about two, three years earlier – and he was at the point, he said, you know, he said, if you didn't call me, he said, when you did, he said, I would have given this business away almost or closed it up. He said, I, I could not stand 
the administrative part of this business after you, everything you explained about the administrative, he said, I hated doing. So that that basically uh, told me wh- why I was getting out of this. He said, I absolutely hated to get up in the morning and think about this business and do what I had to do. So he made, you know, he, he just basically gave this company I was working with uh, a deal. You know, they got this thing for almost nothing. They put him to work because it was a first-class company, and he absolutely loved it. I checked back with him a few months later, and he was just a, a pig in heaven here. So Just for the doctor ordered, right? Just so, to get out. Just to get I can't stand it anymore. So part of the reason we're sharing some of these examples is because the, the main reason for doing a deal and selling a company, when it comes to small private companies, is not to necessarily maximize shareholder value, maximize return on investment kind of stuff. These are all things that were discussed in my Wall Street days, Jack. And you had, you know, whether it be public companies or you had you know, public shareholders or their private companies where you had private equity folks that were involved. And they're, they're very um, um, unemotional, detached owners where their whole goal was to maximize returns, maximize the selling price of that, of that company. The, the, you know, it's not saying that people necessarily want to give it away. It's a great example, Jack. People will literally kind of want, want to walk away. That the HVAC guy you mentioned, they're, they're, they're so fed up that they don't know, don't know what else to do. And so you were, you were, you were like divine intervention to the guy. Also, hey, you showed up. Maybe, maybe he's praying for you guys. You guys, all of a sudden, you guys showed up one day, and here you go. No, that's right. I, I kind of felt that that uh, feeling. You play the music on the on the end of the phone when that happens, so he thought it was the case. <laughs> They come in and see our bald heads. They can see that they can see the sun shining out. They may think it's kind of the angelic. It kind of blinds halo. them, blinds right. them, and they, they get confused with the the white light and all that good stuff. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> now people would like to would like to get a fair value to use that to use one of your favorite words, fair. There, but they they, they want to get paid for. It, but the, the, the idea of trying to squeeze every dime out of it isn't what they want to do. And that's but that's how things are done. And again, it comes to public company type stuff or private equity firms are involved. When it comes to to the the small companies we're talking about. That is not one of the top reasons why they're 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 trying to sell. They want to maybe transition it to their to their family. They they, they want to have it keep kind of going beyond them. They they, they they want to kind of get away. It's it's relieving some pain perhaps or some pressure from that standpoint. It isn't again from maximizing a return on investment or a shareholder value standpoint. That's key to keep in mind because many folks will miss that when they kind of come into this market. And one of the keys is the, the if you're going to buy a company. You got the, the owner wants to buy into you. They got to feel good about you. They don't want to turn their their baby over to you if they don't really like it. They think if they think you're a total jerk. It's like okay, I'll, I'll wait till somebody else kind of comes it. around. That's you know? right. So you got to keep that in mind that again, there's a lot of that emotional stuff that comes with that. So, but we've had clients again who 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 have been through some tough times where they uh, will consider selling. They actually had one that actually did. Where they sold to a competitor. Um, the deal was okay. I mean, but it was it was enough to kind of relieve them of what they've been trying to grind out for years. And when that happens, when you've got those kind of stresses going on, especially if you have partners in the company, that can often drive a wedge with the partners. Sure. You know, and and you got the partners. Then again, even if spouses aren't involved in the business directly, they are involved because they're in the they're in that other partner's ear, and it can help to get, again continue to kind of drive a wedge. When things are going well, uh, people can usually overlook certain things. But if things start to get kind of tight, at that point it becomes a lot of pressure. That pressure <laughs> starts to kind of crank up quickly. It doesn't, it doesn't happen slowly. And so if, if all of a sudden people are starting to kind of lose some money and they've been doing it for a little while, um, you know, even if the company's been around, again, uh, a common misperception out there is, hey, if somebody's been around for 
10, 20, 30 years. They kind of got it figured out, and they can weather all these storms. And or the parking lot's full or all these these uh, simple conclusions that really aren't so. Right. Yeah. Well, there's, there's misery inside that, that brick wall. Well, we've seen too many cases, Jack, where people have had a great run for 20 or 30 years. And within a couple of years, they take that entire fortune that, that they've built over that first 20 or 30 years, and they pour it all back in to try to save a company that's not doing well. The future isn't, you know, it, it doesn't look bright. And it becomes very distressing versus, hey, if you'd have known then a couple of years ago, it may have been better just to, to, to shut the doors and walk away, you know. It comes or, back or to one of those, those rational decisions, you right. know. Uh, if, you aren't, if you aren't geared for rational decisions and even making decisions, uh, you're, you're not going to often make the right one, right. obviously. So this client I was mentioning, you know, they, 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 it's, it's somewhat similar to, 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 to Jack's HVAC story from the standpoint that they were just miserable with all the stuff kind of going on. There's some cash pressures that were there. But they were able to sell, and they uh, they were both able to, to, to become employees of this of this company that, that, that bought them. And so they were able to get back to, which is often the case too, back to the work, you know, that, that product or service standpoint. That's what people usually start a company around is they're experts at that product or service. And that's so, what they know, yeah, the administrative part, the sales part, the marketing part. That just, you know, causes misery to them yeah. many times. Sending out that. invoices, collecting money, dealing with, you know, hiring and firing people, all the things that, that's not why I started this company. And so if they can get rid of all that stuff and just get back to doing the work of it, right, that will often be a, be a relief. So it's not like that was exactly the case with the HVAC guy you are mentioning, Jack, and it was certainly the case for our, for our clients. And so it wound up being an okay, you know, an okay thing to do it. But again, it's usually those emotional things that help to kind of tell people, hey, it's 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 about time. We start having those kind of discussions. Hey, it's time. Or because again, most people who've owned a company for for a number of years, you've gotten those letters, those phone calls. Hey, I got somebody interested in buying your company, Jack. Whatever it might be. And if things are going well, usually those you know, most people will take those. They'll probably clip them and they'll kind of put them in a folder. Most people have a, have a folder with those those letters, those notes, and or those phone numbers. Uh, but they aren't going to seriously consider it. But any one of those handful of items we talked about here earlier, Jack, in terms of what what, what might cause you to do that is what kind of starts that ball rolling and so if you're starting to think about that now and you may fall into one of those categories if you have a different category for you that's kind of working let us know about that sure absolutely all right well i want to thank you for joining us on this week's edition of dirty secrets of small business you're invited to tune in every wednesday at 7 30 p.m eastern if you have any questions before the next show shoot us an email radio at maximumvp.com um give us a call 877 877- Eight four nine zero six seven zero. At Maximum Value Partners, we have answered thousands of how questions, and we can answer yours too. Give us a shot. MVP, most valuable player. We're here to help you, small business owners. In case you missed a part of this show or any of our previous shows, you can listen to them at your leisure any time of the day or night. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, and if you do, be sure to leave a review there for us. You can also go to WINTradio.com and click on their archive programs and select our show, Dirty Secrets of Small Business. And remember, you can listen to it on the mobile devices as well. So make sure to uh, learn more Dirty Secrets of Small Business next Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Hey, thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at WINTradio.com. 